Well, hey, we want to welcome everybody today to this first part of our U.S. Sports series. And uh, I'm so glad to have Nate with me here. And I'm going to introduce him in, in just a second. But I do want to remind you that at the end of today's worship experience, we're going to take some live questions that we don't have any preparation for. But again, that's going to come from you guys. So right now there is a number that's popping up on the screen, 717-461-3288. Again, 717-461-3288. And that is your opportunity to either ask some questions about some of the conversation that Nate and I are about to have, or maybe some other questions you have about the Bible or just theology, or is it okay for Christians to, and you fill in the blank, whatever that may be. But uh, we're going to actually take some of those a little bit later. And I don't know about you, but that uh, sometimes makes me a little... <laughs> A little, just never know. a little nervous about what's going to come in, but go ahead and start getting those questions that's in. That's what comes in, but we don't know what's going to come out either. Well, that, that's true. That's true as well. So, uh, go ahead and get those uh, those questions into us, and, and we are going to take some on a Zoom call live here in just another 20 to, to 30 minutes. Now, I keep mentioning Nate, but uh, many of you may not know uh, who he is. I know many of you are new to Exponential and been tuning in from all around the country, and we want to welcome you. But Nate is uh, one of our teaching pastors here at Exponential. He's been with us for four or five years now, uh, but you just haven't got to see him yet uh, in this quarantine time. So, I Nate, conspicuous. <laughs> so, Nate, welcome to uh, welcome to the virtual world that we now live in. Uh, what, what's been happening in, in real life for you guys, you and your family? So, this is a you know, this has been a good time, I think, for us. Um, you know, everybody being at home and and you know the word stuck. Everybody's stuck with one another. I think for us, we've really taken the time and recognized that even though we're still, we've been fortunate enough to still be working, the work that we do is essential. Um, we've been very grateful for the time because we've taken it and realized that there's a lot of family stuff. There's a lot of conversations that just get lost in the busyness of schedules. And this has been a season where we have, the first couple of weeks, we plumbed some really unexpected, difficult family conversations. And now we're sort of in a season of working through some of those things and then making sure we see each other. Um, and I don't know how to better express that than to say, you know, just that awareness of who each of us are in the family, valuing that and then figuring out how do we, how do we encourage one another? So I, I make that sound way better than, than what it actually is on a functional level daily because we screw it up all the time and we mess it up. But, it, you know, the, the big thing is we're, I think we're in a learning phase again okay. uh, as a family. It was just, it's, it's kind of been fun, uh, but painful too. So. Right, right. so your wife, Allison, is actually one of the people that we see here on the screen, one of our uh, singers on the uh, worship team. And then you got three kids. Uh, yeah. You just want to just real briefly just uh, introduce who they are. And... Two in high school, one in elementary, uh, Corinne, Kaylee, and Zachary. Right. And uh, each of them, very distinct personalities and for better or for worse, in some respects, <laughs> reflections of Allison and I, and yet their own people as well. So, right, right. Um, yeah. Well, uh, this isn't the first time we've done a series uh, like this, and you've been able to participate in the in the past with this type of series. And this is always I, I didn't really enjoy these because any other time you and I sit and we have our creative team meetings and we talk about you know where do we feel that we think people uh, you know what what are the needs in the life right now, and we sort of. You know, we pray and we ask God, okay, what direction do we need to go? But this literally is a series where they're getting to right. <laughs> tell yeah. us, okay, here's what we want to hear about. So one of the big uh, questions that came up, and we've had many, many questions that come in, but there was a, a couple themes, and we'll touch on those throughout this whole series. Yeah. But one of the big things has been about this whole COVID-19, and, you know, is this the end times that we're living in? Or, you know, so the, what, what's your thoughts on, on that? 
uh, you know, honestly, first and foremost, I would say whenever something like this happens, um, the all the conspiracy theories come out. So let's take the question like as it as it is first of all. So is this the end times? I think if you're really curious about the end times. You did a series. Uh, was it last year? Uh, two, called the end. I think it was two years. Was Feb- it two years? I think ago? it was like February of two years ago. It's yeah. Too fast. Yeah. Uh, but it was. It, yeah, it was I called have, the end. Right? Yeah, it was yeah. called the end, and 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 I have to say, it's one of the one of the first times I've heard somebody unpack Revelation in a way that I could literally see what the author's intent was without tripping and falling and stumbling over all of the conspiracy theories that get mixed into or dispensational theology or all the other things that get mixed into trying to understand what the writer's intent was and the context they were writing in. So, you know, it was a fantastic series. If somebody really is wanting, wanting to deep dive into that, I would say definitely go check out that series as far as is this, is this the end. Um, but as far as the, the conspiracies, this is a, this is a season whenever, whenever there's a crisis happening, people are unsure, all the conspiracy theories come out and <laughs> Some conspiracy theories, you know, they're, they've got elements of truth. Otherwise, they wouldn't hold any water. But even if you assume 100% of a conspiracy theory is true, you really have to ask yourself, what difference does it make daily for the things that I should be doing? So I could find out, you know, there's all this conspiracy and all these power-hungry things and so on and so forth. And I could probably prove every single one of them or disprove every single one of them. But by the time I get done with that, all that energy... But in that, it's really meant more so, I think, by the enemy to distract us from what we should be doing on a daily basis. Because if you really lay it all out, even if some maniacal ruler is controlling and pulling the strings of the entire society, but you think God doesn't know that? Yeah. You know, and the commands that God has given us are the same. You know, so we should we should still be. That doesn't hinder me from being able to live out my my life for Christ. So. Um, that's kind of my first reaction. Is our well, that's interesting time. you said because you know Paul encourages us to uh, obey your leaders and submit to the governing authorities, for they keep watch over you as men who must give an account. And that if we disobey it, it what's fascinating, he says, that would be of no benefit to you. Mm-hmm. So it isn't that it's no benefit to them; it's actually no benefit to us. So I, I agree with you. We we can't just get so caught up in in all this. And you know, technically, we've been living in the end times since the ascension of Jesus. Yeah, it's true. Right? It's true. Because in to, to God, a, a day is a, you know, a thousand years, right? Yeah. So uh, technically, we're always in those end times. And, you know, I, if you want to touch on it, you know, well, Jesus actually talked about, you know, who would know the end times. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, he says in Matthew 24, um, and actually, it's a great passage. Go and read it because I'm not going to cover it in depth. But he says in Matthew 24, you know, when he's asked a similar question, he says, look, nobody's going to know the hour or the day. Nobody, not even, only the father knows the even hour he, and the he's, day. He's saying there, even I don't know. Yeah, even he doesn't know. Right. Um, you know, the, the angels don't know. Nobody knows. It's only the father who knows. And then he says, he says a couple of really curious things. Like the first thing he says is, um, like vultures gathering to a carcass is what it's going to be like. And and you sit back and you think about that for a second. It's like, oh, so he's saying we don't know. But it's going to be obvious. So like the first thing that strikes me when I think about that is if I'm asking if this is the end times, it probably isn't. Right. <laughs> you know, like if I have to ask the question, right. is it really the end times? It's probably not. Right. Uh, especially for those of us who are who are trying to be tuned in to what God is doing, who are trying to be faithful and listen to, to God and listen to the Holy Spirit. If we're asking that question, it probably isn't. Right. Right. So... And then he, I mean, he goes on to, he says, like, in the days of Noah, 
they, they were eating and drinking and getting married, and, all, and nobody knew what was going to happen until the flood happened. So he sort of turns back around and says, don't worry about that. Right. We're not going to know the, the hour of the day. But really, our focus shouldn't be on when is it coming so that we can quick clean the house and make sure everything looks good. It's that we should be ready. Because then he goes on in Matthew 24 and says, look, it's like servants. When the master's away, you're either doing what you should be doing or not. And when the master comes back, he's going to be like, hey, you've been doing what I asked you to do. And for those who have, great stuff. For those who haven't, uh, he, he indicates it's going to be a pretty rough ride. Sure. <laughs> so, I mean, the emphasis is always on be ready, not be scared or right. concerned about well, that. And I, I think that actually leads then to another uh, batch of questions that we had came, come in, probably uh, three, four, five different questions about what happens to me when I die. And I think actually those two questions, if, if we really stop and think about it, they're actually related when people are saying, Am I living in the end times? Yeah. You, you and I had a conversation the other day. I, I'm trying to remember what you, uh, how you said it. Uh, you either need to, um, is, or is it the end of times or is it the end of me? Yeah. The and end, and, yeah. Then, and that's that's really what people are asking by the end of times is, oh crap. <laughs> yeah. Excuse my language, but you know, is is this, is this it for me? Yeah. Do I need to get ready right now? Right. And so that was the you know a, a bunch of other uh, questions that came in was. What happens to people when they die? You know, what what does that what does that look like? Do we immediately go to see Jesus? You know, is it an immediate heaven or hell issue, or is there this thing called you know soul sleep or you know various uh, things like that? So if you want, so well, I was just saying, let me turn that question to you. I mean, so if, if somebody, because uh, you've done funerals, I've done funerals, we've cared for we've cared for people who are dying. And that's always a rough time because these questions come up and, sure. and, and it's no different than when we have a pandemic and people are afraid of dying. These questions always come up. So, but, but taking yourself back from that for a second, because we have those answers that as pastors, we've learned to give in giving care and, and they're reasoned answers. They're not just pat answers. They're, they're biblically strong and so on. But let me ask you, I mean, just personally, if somebody said to you, if you were going to die today, like, what are you, what are your expectations? Like when you shut your eyes, what's going to happen? Like in the next few moments, how would you how would you explain that? I mean, for me, it's as simple as you close your eyes in this world and you open your eyes in the in the next. Mm. And the illustration I've always loved of that was, you know, you remember when you were a little kid and you fell asleep in the back seat of the car, and the next thing you know, you open your eyes and you're at home. Yeah. Well, that's because your father scooped you up, carried you into your bed, and, and laid you there. And I think for me, that's sort of what it's going to be like is I'm going to close my eyes in this world. And the next thing I know, I'm home and I'm, I'm with, with the father. Now, that's for me because you asked for me personally. Well, that's because of my faith in, in Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I made that decision many years ago. I'm uh, 93. So how many ever? Uh, July will be 27 years. Wow. Yeah, 27 years since I made that decision. So I have that assurance of, of eternal life that I know that when I stand before him, that I'm going to, uh, you know, be able to give an account for my life, not because of anything that Gilbert did, but because of what Jesus did there on the, the cross. And, you know, I think of Hebrews uh, 9.27, it says it's, it's appointed for man to die once and then to face the judgment. So we're all going to uh, be judged in that, that moment uh, of death. So that's back to your thing of, well, we all need to be ready. Yeah, because we don't know 
is you know death coming for us? Is you know the the, the rapture? And my, my first pastor always said, every Christian since uh, Jesus ascended has been hoping to win that lottery for the last two thousand years. That way we get to escape death, right? Uh, but uh, more than likely, you know, most of us uh, we will die at, at some point. So I'll, I'll flip it back to you. What what's what's your thoughts on that as far as you know when we die? What what's going to happen? Yeah. So I mean it's. I look at Second Corinthians five when Paul is talking about to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, um, and I I try not to give this too much thought because and it's, it's interesting that you put me on the spot to ask that question because I was avoiding having to answer that question. By <laughs> That's why you asked it. <laughs> I see what you're doing here. <laughs> no, but seriously, um, you know, one of the reasons that I avoid that question is because not because I'm afraid of death. I think there's an honesty that we need to have um, as far as like none of us really want to face that day. I mean, sure. there's there's things we still want to do here. Right. You know, so setting that piece aside um, and the reality of that piece aside, when I think about that, I think of the comfort in Second Corinthians 5 that what Paul says is to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Um, and yet while we're here, we're absent from absent from the Lord. I mean, his, his presence here through the Holy Spirit, we're absent from the Lord, but we're present in the body. There's, there's a tension there that I, I think he puts together on purpose, that, that we should always feel that tension of there's, there's stuff to do here, mm-hmm. but I'm not home yet, right. you know, to go back to your, to your, your uh, analogy with the car. Um, but the other side of that is that when we do get home, we're not, we're not missing the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a long way around the answer, but my personal understanding would be very similar to yours that I expect that when I when I die when I close my eyes I'm probably not going to be aware of the passage of time if there is a time because he does seem to indicate in 2 Corinthians 5 that, that, that um, there, there may be a time and and actually Thessalonians picks this up too you know the dead the dead in Christ will rise first you know there might be this time frame where our bodies are in the ground and are we with our bodies or are we present with the Lord I don't know. We don't really know specifically where we are, but I guess I think of it this way. If I'm sleeping, I don't care. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be aware of it. I don't care. But if I'm awake, I have a confidence and a, and a, and a promise that I will be aware of the Lord right. and I'll be aware of his presence and that he has uh, everything under control. I don't think I'm going to be in some position where I'm sitting up on a cloud somewhere looking down, like worrying about what's happening in the rest of the world. I mean, I don't see that anywhere in scripture. And that's, that's a very Western, you know, way of looking at it. Right. And I mean, the, the way I've, I've always seen it, that it, yes, uh, back to the Thessalonians uh, talking about that the, the uh, dead in Christ will rise first. But for me, that's always been the actual physical mm-hmm. uh, body part of it. Uh, so to me, what happens when, when you die is th- this physical body is done. It's just a container that our soul has been living in. And because of the result of sin, this body is perishing. And Paul, Paul talks about that, that you know, the, the uh, perishable will eventually become imperishable. Mm-hmm. But that's at that end of time when the, the bodies are then resurrected mm-hmm. and we're given this, this new body and there's a new heaven and a new earth. And I'm like you, you know, uh, a lot of people think, I don't know, eternity is probably going to be pretty boring because you know, we're just going to sit around and we're playing a harp and drinking lemonade or, or something like that. But 
it that's not what it is. We're still going to have purpose. We're still going to have work to do. Yeah. It's just all the all the the stuff that we have to deal with sin and, and sickness and disease and death and and all the the stuff that was a part of the fall. That's mm-hmm. all going to be you know taken yeah. away. And so now our, our giftedness that that we have here is just going to be you know. It, so if you're already a, a person of, of great you know mercy and compassion or uh, gift of helps or what you're still going to have all those you know yeah. uh, gifts that you're able to, to do and you know for me one of the things i've always said as somebody has an evangelist heart is that's why evangelism is so important right here and right now is because that's the only thing we won't be able to do in heaven because we're still going to be able to worship we're still going to have discipleship learn more about jesus we're still going to have fellowship you know with one another we just have a different sales job that's all <laughs> right uh, <laughs> You know, we're 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 still going to have all all these uh all these things that we're able to to worship and learn and grow and and everything and, and serve other people, but there's nobody to tell about. Hey, you need Jesus because yeah. the reason that we're there is we already have a relationship yeah. with Jesus. So that goes back then to this whole you know question of of uh, death, of what happens you know to us. Well, I'm just enough of a Star Trek nerd uh, to to think of it this way that you know because. In, in Judaism, they don't defile the body. Like when somebody dies, they do not defile the body because the body has to be preserved. And, you know, in ancient practice, they used to put them in the ossuaries, the little stone things, and preserve every aspect of that body because the understanding was if they're resurrected, where's that resurrected body coming from? That that should be kept intact. And, you know, so then you have all the discussion about cremation and blah, 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 right, blah. And actually, we had those questions. We did have that we, question, yeah, too. We had that question come up, yeah. Um, but I, I'm just enough of a Star Trek nerd uh, in relationship to God's absolute authority that he knows every single strand of DNA that belongs to me, you know, that he's given me. Um, and I, you know, I relate this to making pottery. I know every piece of clay that goes into a piece of pottery that I've made, and I know the shavings that don't belong to it, you know, and, and now I'm not God, so I can't always track all of that, but God can. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just enough of a nerd to think like, okay. We've been promised we're going to get new bodies. What does that process look like? I, 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 ultimately, I sort of have to say I don't, I don't care what the actual process is, although I'm curious. But I almost imagine it like all of our stuff, DNA, whether we've been scattered to the ocean or whatever, that God is able to just kind of beam that up. <laughs> it's, you know, it, just, it, it, it dematerializes, and, and as we are in our resurrected state in his presence, the new body will be given will be that DNA transformed, right. you know, to the, to the body that he was in. Because there is an aspect that even if we are separate from the body and absent from the Lord, in this idea that our soul is present with the Lord while our bodies, you know, when our body dies, there is something about being human that as we were created, that is, that is material and spiritual tied together in a way they cannot be separated. You know, that, that that separation is artificial and only for a time. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that for us to truly be who we are in his presence requires the material along with the, the spiritual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was something I don't think I really thought about until I was actually in seminary. And I had a professor say, you know, there's something about humanity that is the material and the spiritual inextricably intertwined, which is a fancy way of saying not separatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and... That has stayed with me for a long time, and that's why I sort of think in those terms, like when we're pre- when we're in His presence and that resurrection happens, it's going to be like, bing, you know, all of a sudden it's just it rematerializes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if He could create the entire universe with a word, right. I, I know it's I'm, I'm defending a Star Trek analogy, but 
but that's it's our, just, that's right. We forgive you. That's my yeah, but it's that's my creative thing. But you know, the other thing you said was about, and I think what you said was so was so powerful about what are we going to do? You know, are we going to be bored and so? But our creative best will be there. Look at what's happened in the COVID experience for those who you know. I get that so many people have had other concerns and other things going on. But while we've been at home, look at how many people have actually taken the time to learn a language, learn a, learn art, learn music, learn. We think of this idea that heaven's going to be boring based on what? Mm-hmm. You know, based on never having to sit and be bored. The, the, the very nature of who we are and how one of the ways that we reflect the image of God is that we don't sit still very well. We don't get bored very well. Like we have this creativity that, that represents him and his creativity. And it bubbles out of us. Like, we can't sit still for long. And so I think of heaven in those terms and be like, good grief. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine the level of awesomeness that's going to start to blossom right. when humanity is creating like that? And God well, we can't imagine because Scripture actually tells us that no, no ISE, no right. line is right. conceived, you know, what, what God has in store for us. So I've always told people, you know, take your whatever your best image is of heaven that yes. you have in your mind and then multiply it by infinity. And then you still are falling way short of what, how good it's yeah, actually, it's you know, it, it's actually going to be. Um, real quick, just to, to bring that back around, because I, I want to make sure that we make it clear. So if somebody wanted to be cremated or have a loved one cremated, I think both of us would say that that is something that that is an acceptable uh, uh, means uh, after death for someone because of the fact that, you know, God can resurrect because of what you right. I loved how you said it there that you know he knows every little bit of DNA in us so he can easily you know reconstruct that and I've always thought of it this way if if we're not allowed to be cremated um as Christians then what happens to the guy in World War II or something that was a right. pilot right and he got blown up or, or 9 11 you right. know Christians and and their their bodies you yep. know are, are burned does that mean that, oh, well, sorry, you know, you're not going to get, well, obviously, no. Yeah. And so if we can think in, in those types of, of, of terms, then I think that, you know, if we, if we choose to make that choice, I don't know that that's the choice I'm going to make yeah. for myself, uh, but I wouldn't say that it's necessarily wrong. I think it's always the challenge is when we're, when we're asked questions like that, um, and this is, this is, you know, I don't know where everybody who's listening is on the journey in either kicking their tires in the faith or have been walking with Jesus for a long time. But, you know, the idea that people are asking pastors, like, what our opinion is, why? What, what does it, I mean, to some extent, what does that matter? Because are you really after my preference or are you after an answer? And if you're after an answer, well, we can all look at the scripture and we can come to a, you know, a common set of parameters or common agreement. But there's very clearly things in scripture that are a matter of preference. Um, and, and I think when we come to something like that, you could probably make a case that we should do what we can to preserve the body, you know, just out of respect or what have you, you know, and, and I'm sure our Jewish brothers and sisters could be able to, you know, put together a very strong scriptural argument out of the Old Testament. But when you ask the scenarios, like you just said, that somebody, you know, what if somebody you know, traumatically dies, you know, and, and, and they're, I hate to think of it that way, but you know, their body parts are not all there. Right. Um, or what about somebody, let's take a more simple example. Somebody donates parts of their body to science, you know, and I've given my kidneys or my, you know, I, I think that's always been a struggle to think, just to be very candid, that's always been a struggle for me to think about for that very reason. Right. Like, well, you know, who's got my kidney? (laughs) Am I going to get my kidney back later? You know? And then it's, they start thinking like, well, 
am I really going to have a use for a kid? Like, what's the, I don't know what my new body's going to look like. I don't know if I, you know, I have no idea. And so that's where I think I started to wrestle through, okay, this is, an, this is a matter of conscience. It really is. And so if you're able to trust that God can find every strand of DNA, then, then do what's necessary. Uh, you know, or do what is most um, beneficial for you and your family. Um, if you can't trust that, then also do what you agree and believe that God is leading you to do. Right. That's really what it comes down to. And I think that's an important lesson for all of us. And it's not just in this particular topic, but a lot of times we think that God's will is either A or B. It's black or white. And there are some things that obviously there thus, are many th- thus saith the, you know, <laughs> thus saith the Lord, right? That, right? that are black and white. But a lot of times God's saying, look, A to Z is your option, and yeah. I gave you a brain. So yeah. Yeah, you know, discover what that it's is. It's definitely one of those. Yeah, and, and we'll actually talk about that in uh, future weeks. We're going to talk about what is God's will for our lives and, and things. So we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit more. But uh, we're our, uh, sort of running out of time here on today's uh, message. So any other things about death or anything that you want to? Yeah, because you know it's a subject we just love to dwell on. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think just the emphasis, again, I think it's more important just to recap. You know, first of all, don't get caught up in the conspiracy theories. Right. Don't get caught up in the the what ifs and so on. Because again, if you have to ask, it probably isn't the end times. And second of all, if even if all of a conspiracy theory was true, what difference does that make to how you live on a daily basis? Um, I actually have a, a somebody I went to college with, um, and he regularly blogs. Um, but he comes out of a background ultra conservative, ultra conspiracy theorist. Um, and it's fascinating to see how he responds to a lot of that stuff now because he's intentionally stepped away from it. And I love reading some of his stuff. We don't always agree. He has a very different political perspective than I do, and, and we have some interesting discussions. But he he likes to dismantle, you know. Or he and, but he made the statement the other day. He's like, "There's so much out there," and I actually want to give credit to him because it was it was his one blog about conspiracy theories that really solidified that statement for me to say. You know what? It doesn't, even if all of it's true, it doesn't change what your daily responsibility is. You still have that responsibility in the midst of whatever else is going on. And you don't know how you fulfilling your daily responsibility may in fact be something that stands in the way of somebody who's trying to gain power, gaining the power they want. Uh, So the, the emphasis is always be ready, be focused on what the Lord has prepared for you to do. That's not relativist. That's not, you know, he doesn't have... In regard to giftedness and calling, yes, he has different things for you and I to do. But as followers of Christ, we know our chief objective is to represent him. And represent him in such a way that people see his character and nature and want to have relationship with him. That's that's our chief goal. And if we are doing that on a daily basis and we're focused on that, then all this other stuff doesn't really matter. And he's going to be the one to be able to take care of that. So that's, that's our aim. Um, and I think if we keep that in mind... It's fun to entertain some of these questions, and it's fun to sort of see where the rabbit trails go, but never letting it become a distraction from doing what we should be doing. And so I I think then both of us agreed that uh, as far as what happens when we die is that immediately there's going to be judgment of of some sort. Um, And what that immediately... I think even our our definitions of what immediate is, we're we're a little bit bit different. (laughs) Uh, but, you know, I, I go back to, you know, Jesus says to the people on the cross there that today you're going to be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, that is the uh, very literal, close your eyes, you, you're, yep. you're dead in this earth and now you're 
uh, you're going on into either your eternal reward or your eternal uh, punishment. So, um, and you know, I'll just throw this in. Eternity is a very long time. <laughs> so my wife's grandmother just turned a hundred here uh, mm. a couple weeks ago. We had to cancel our hundredth birthday party. And it's so funny because I've been like so looking forward to having somebody that I know a hundred years old and being oh, able yeah, to celebrate. Yeah. So I like gave her bubble wrap for her 99th birthday just so we could keep her safe <laughs> for the end, awesome. for the next year, right? Uh, did, so she it, for, did she sit for 12 months again? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe I didn't actually give her bubble wrap, but that was my intention. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, there's somebody that's lived a very long life, but a hundred years is still a very, very short time when you think of all of eternity. So that's where, you know, back to your original thing that you're talking about when you're talking about the, you know, the end times and the conspiracy is just be ready because death or the end couldn't come at, at any moment. So we do want to encourage all of you, if you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus, that this is the time uh, to start that. And if you have any questions about even what that would look like, go ahead and submit those questions. By the way, if you're not submitting your questions, it's not too late. Go ahead and text them in 717-461-3288. Because in just a couple moments after we pray, we're going to take something that they have live and we're going to uh, try to answer that. So um, you want to close us in prayer here? Absolutely. Father, thank you so much for today. And thank you for the opportunity to be together. Um, again, it is... It is a privilege to be able to worship you and to, to thank you for the life that you've given us. And uh, God, it is, it's human for us to approach tragedies or crisis or just times of uncertainty with the idea of, is this the end? What do I need to do? Am I going to see God today? It has a way of drawing us back to questions that we don't like to or we just don't think about when we're in the midst of daily things. And so, Father, I thank you for this time. As, as painful as this time has been for many, as devastating as this has been for, for many, God, we, we pray, first of all, for those families that have lost loved ones, that, Lord, you would be their comfort, you would be their strength, you would help them to grieve uh, the loss, and, Lord, know your comfort in the midst of it. And also, Lord, continue to give them the strength to be able to continue to live out what you've called them to. Uh, and Father, I, I also want to say thank you for this time in regard to helping us settle our priorities. Mm -hmm. Are we living for you or are we not? Not are we you know, living how we want and then hopefully cleaning house before we get to meet you, but are we constantly reminding ourselves to live daily a life that honors reflects and represents you so that others can see you clearly uh, because it's really not about at the end of the day it's not going to be about how well i did me uh, it's going to be how well i lived you mm -hmm. uh, so lord we ask that uh, all of us would be encouraged as believers that we would continue to see the opportunities in our homes and with our loved ones and our family members how to see one another how to be you to, to represent your character your love and your grace to one another in our homes and uh, and Lord, as we return to you know more more regular social interaction, that Lord we would carry that with us, uh, and that Lord as the body of Christ, as the church, we would also carry that into everything that we do, um, and really allowing ourselves to ask the questions: Why do we do what we do? Why do we do it the way that we do? How does this represent Jesus in a way that the world will know Him better and desire to have a relationship with Him? So Lord, I, I pray you help us to ask those questions that you would lead, guide, and direct us in the days to come. And we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name.
Well, again, thanks for tuning in today. We are going to be continuing the series next week and another uh, sort of heavy topic. We're going to talk about sin and suffering because not because we want to talk about it, but that's the question that you guys have asked about, you know, things like why would God allow something like COVID-19 to be you know, going on and other types of suffering types of questions. So we're going to be talking about that. Uh, so make sure you tune in next week. However, as I keep mentioning, right now there is a button that's popping up in the chat. And if you click that, it's going to take you to a live Zoom call. The password for that is Hangout. Again, press the little button there that's in the chat. It's going to take you to a Zoom call. Put in the password Hangout. And Nate and I are going to be there. And we have been actually, because we're watching us as we're, we're yeah, we're what? This has been weird. It it's been weird. really weird. Uh, so we've been watching us giving this uh, thing, but we've also been monitoring the, uh, the text questions that you've been sending in throughout this time. And uh, we're getting ready to answer one or two of them here live in just a couple moments. So go ahead and click that button there in the chat and then join us next week as we continue the series. Have a great week, everybody. God bless you. And we'll see you next week.